This program is paid for by Good News in Real Estate. All opinions or statements expressed on the program are solely those of Good News in Real Estate or their guests and do not reflect the opinions of WPHT or Odyssey. This program has been pre-recorded. There are so many choices when it comes to selecting the right financial institution. Start with the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. We're right here in your city. We're also the official credit union of Temple University, and anyone who lives, works, worships, and studies in Philadelphia can open an account with convenient locations throughout our city of brotherly love. Also online at pfcu.com with free online and mobile banking. We're not here for our profit, here for yours. Federally insured by NCUA. Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. This is Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. It's good news in real estate. If you're a homeowner, if you're selling a home, or perhaps purchasing a home or vacation property, welcome to our home. It's good news in real estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Your hosts for the next radio hour, the mortgage mom, Deanne Kitsaris, along with real estate veteran and owner-operator of the Philadelphia Real Estate Classes, Mark Cumberland. Your real estate education starts right now. It's good news in real estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. All right, good afternoon. Get ready to laugh and learn here on Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. I'm Mark Cumberland, along with my co-host, the mortgage mom, Deanne Katsaris. How you doing? I'm doing great, Mark. And the crowd was cheering, even though we went down last week with the 49ers, but we'll be back. So we're excited to be talking to you every Saturday here at 1 o'clock at WPHT Talk Radio 1210 and also on Odyssey, because I've been getting calls from all over the country. If you want to ask us a question or have a commercial, residential need, uh, mortgage need, give us a call. My number is 267-266-5501. What's your number, Deanne? My number is 609-605-7153. And we're here to keep you informed on what's happening. Stop listening to the national news with the doom and gloom. The real estate market's fine if you know what you're doing. So we're, you, can, you can listen to this show and past shows at our webpage, goodnewsinrealestate.com, or also at WPHT's website. And we are celebrating our 15th year on the radio this month. So what's coming up today? Mark, I've actually gotten some calls. People um, were asking me what you got me as an anniversary gift. So I I told him you got me the same thing you got me last year. (laughs) On the 14th? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Mark, coming up on today's show, we have the market report. Yes. We have our business tips with Asking Dr. A. Yeah, the continuing series. Uncle Harry coming for the holidays. We also have Mark's funny story. Got one for you. We have our mortgage mom topic, which I know, again, you're on the edge of the seat. But I'm going to finish up part three with our mortgage terms. A to Z. I like that. With the dude. With the, the dude. The dude was the best. <laughs> All right. And Mark, I'm really excited today to have um, our guest, which is Brian Stevens. And he's from the Mortgage Shots. And he's going to go over the update with what's going on with NAR and how we can overcome it. Yeah. We also have our questions. And the first question is, how much earnest money should be requested from a potential buyer with a contract? Mm -hmm. Next question is, can you start the mortgage process before two years out of bankruptcy seven out of a chapter seven? The next question is, should you accept an overpriced listing? And that was from an agent. Yeah. And I feel like that's going to be a rant, but we'll see. Um, Simple question. (laughs) Next question is we bought a house from the seller and it is carrying the note for five years. Now we want to refinance. What should we do? Last question is, is a subletter who didn't sign the lease entitled to the security deposit if they paid half and the lessee paid half? That's a common one. It's a common question. And Mark, our topic of the day is the American dream proves resilient despite the housing market challenges. Yes. Which is pretty interesting. Got some good stats in there. Awesome. But first, give us your motivational quote. And a motivational quote is the positive thinker sees the invisible and feels the intangible and achieves the impossible. Now you're getting deep for the end of the year. Every year I get deeper and deeper. (laughs) (laughs) Into what? (laughs) I don't know where I'm headed, but I'm at it. (laughs) So what's up? You're on that B bus, right? Yeah, I am, man. So, so where, where are we at? 
So, Mark, we are up to the market report. And there is Frank's bell. So, hey, to 24. Over the next few shows, I'm going to do my predictions for 24. But we see, you know, mixed continuity and change in both the housing market, the economy, against the backdrop of this uh, very modest economic growth, the slightly higher unemployment the easing of inflation and the long-term interest rates. Well, I don't see the inflation easing, but the national news keeps saying that, and including the mortgage, mortgage rates, which are starting to retreat. You are on track for December 15th. You're a point away. The, the shift from climbing to falling mortgage rates are proofing housing affordability, but saps some of the urgency home shoppers had previously sensed. The less frenzied housing demand and plenty of rental home options keeps home sales relatively stable at lower levels in 24. This is Everybody's got an opinion about this. Hopefully, home prices will adjust slightly lower even as the number for sale homes continues to dwindle. But in, we are up to 4,000 actives in all Philadelphia out of 600,000. At least we're up to 4,000. We were at 2,900. And yeah, Bucks was County was like shaky. 537. Montgomery was like 500. Yep. So the inventory issues are still the same. With many of the same forces at play heading into 24, housing will choke and, and continue with the sales expected remain essentially unchanged at over 4 million. Although mortgage rates are expected to ease throughout the course of the year. Wait, I'm sorry. What'd you say? What, what was yeah, that? They're expected to ease. At the end, Scott... <laughs> She's got a date, and I got it in my calendar, December 15th. The continuation of high costs will mean that existing homeowners will have a very high threshold for deciding to move, which many are likely choosing to stay in place. And that's because they don't know what's going on. Moves moves of necessity, though, for jobs, family situation, downsizing, more affordable markets, that goes on all the time. Yeah. You know, what's really cool, Mark, is a lot of my clients are calling me now and from like three, four years ago, and now they've had, you know, one or two more children. And it's just, it's so cool because that's really, you know, what we had set them up for creating wealth. And now they have equity in the property and they want to, they want to move up because they need more room. They need a backyard. They want that picket fence with, you know, two kids and a dog. And it's just, it's just such a warm feeling just to know that, you know, people listen to what you tell them and they follow that American dream. And that whole thing we talked about last week, a home, like having your own home, exactly. coming home. Yeah. So the wild, one of the wild cards is the rates with both mortgage rates and home prices expected to turn the corner in 24. Record high unaffordability will become a thing of the past. Your lips, Some people are saying, God's ears. as noted above, the return to normal won't be accomplished within a year. Prediction hinges on the expectation that of inflation will continue to subside. Now, the national news keeps talking about this 3-4%, but in Philly, it's 6.9%. Florida is 7%. It's regional. Right. And they keep talking about it. This Biden, uh, I don't know, right, man, this guy, right. him Let's and the Fed. The I know. And Let's the aspect of the forecast it. could change and home sales could slip lower instead of steadifying. But well, I'm going to give a couple more predictions before the, before the year. Tell us the rates. All right. So we're holding on. So right now your 30-year fixed is at 7.125%. Your 15-year fixed is at 6.5%. Your 30-year FHA is at 6.50, along with your 30-year VA. And keep in mind, this depends on how much you're putting down and what your credit score is. So this has, this is my little disclosure, but I am not that far away. I have a couple more days to hit my prediction, but again, <laughs> I'm still going, I'm shooting for the moon. And if I land on a star, I am still happy. So you can That's tease me all you attitude. want, but I still think we're in a good spot. Yeah. You used to tease me years ago because you kept saying you want them to go up to five. And I was like, oh, yeah. I just <laughs> want it movement. <laughs> Right, All right, exactly. So with that, you're listening to Good News and Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All positive all the time. We'll be right back. On behalf of the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union, we hope you're enjoying Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Katsaris and Mark Cumberland. The Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. 
If you're planning on listing your home for sale, get your home updated and don't pay anything until the house sells. Really, it's that simple. Curbio, your first stop with your agent before you list the property and your one stop for getting everything from painting and flooring to full home renovations. Go to Curbio.com, sell your home for a higher list price and realize an average 215% return on investment. It's stress-free, it's turnkey, and the process is easy. Go to Curbio.com. Philadelphia Real Estate Classes, the premier real estate school in Philadelphia, has been voted one of the top five real estate schools in Pennsylvania. And it's no wonder. They offer live streaming and live instructor online courses to get your real estate license. Call 267-266-5501 or go to philadelphiarealestateclasses.com. Total cost, only $4.99, including the book. Day, night, and weekend courses are available. Call 267-266-5501 or go to philadelphiarealestateclasses.com. Get your license now. Green Tree Mortgage invites you to connect with the mortgage mom, Deanne Katzeros, the co-host of Good News in Real Estate and a five-star real estate expert in the Delaware Valley. Let the mortgage mom answer your questions, help you with a mortgage, provide answers for you about your current home, while always educating you about home ownership, including home purchase and finance options. Deanne Katzeros, the mortgage mom, NMLS 143589. Click mortgagemom.net. That's mortgagemom.net. Hey, welcome back to Good News and Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD, all positive all the time. So we're at the end. So, Mark, we are up to your funny story. Now, somebody sent me this one because of that dog story last week. I got another (laughs) dog story for you. An old, tired-looking dog walks into this man's yard. The man checks the dog car. He checks his collar, and he feels he's well-fed, realizes the dog has a home. The dog follows him right into the house, walks down the hall, jumps on the couch, relaxes, and falls asleep. Man finds this rather strange, but lets the dog sleep. About an hour, dog wakes up, goes to the door. Man lets it out. Dog shakes his head and leaves. Next day, dog comes back, scratches at the door. Man opens the door. Dog walks in right down the hall, jumps on the couch, relaxes, goes back to sleep. Man lets him sleep. After about an hour, dog wakes up, goes to the door. Man lets him out. Dog shakes his tail and leaves again. And this goes on for days. The man gets curious and puts a note on the dog's collar. Your dog takes a nap at my house every day. Next day, the dog comes back to the house again, and he has a note on his collar. And it says, he lives in a house with four children. He's trying to catch up on some sleep. Can I? Can he come over tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> that was cute. I still like the talking dog the best, though. That was, yeah, that was a good one. If you have a funny story, please send it to 8029 at Comcast.net or give us a call at 267-266-5501. And now it is time for the Mortgage Mom segment with the Ann Katsaris from Green Tree Mortgage. And our topic is part three of mortgage terms, A to Z. Yeah, so Mark. So where are we at? So we're going to finish up. We should be finished today. But remember last um, week, we talked about doing that gift of equity, which I thought was really important. And I did get a few calls on that. And I just wanted to make sure that, you know, we talked about it. There are some things that need to be followed as far as doing that. So don't hesitate to reach out and give me a call and we'll walk you through that. All right. So Mark, we left off um, talking. uh, We were up to the L's. So The the L's such as lien. And a lien is a, a legal claim against a property that must be paid off when the property is sold. And a lien is created when you borrow money and you use your home as collateral for the loan. So a lot of people don't understand. You know, it's funny when they call me for a refinance, it, they have a hard grasp on understanding that that first mortgage is going to get paid off. So that first lien gets paid off and then they now have a second one, which reamortizes over 30 years or 15 years, whatever they're they're looking to do. The next one is your the loan. 50 year one. I'm sorry. I want the 50 year one. Yeah. <laughs> the next one is your loan to value ratio. And this is expressed as a percentage. And it's the amount of the loan divided by the value of a property. So for example, if you have a hundred thousand, a hundred and twenty thousand dollar mortgage against a $200,000 home, that LTV, so the loan to value, is 60%. Right. The next one is called a mortgage. And the mortgage is an instrument used to pledge title to a property as security for repayment of the debt. 
So it's funny when you go to settlement and they, you now say, well, you're now a homeowner. And they're like, no, I am now in debt for the next 30 years. So there, <laughs> there is a difference with that, um, which is a good thing because we talk about that many times, how we're creating wealth, how you're part of a community, um, and you can absolutely build on that. You know, I saw something on the History Channel when the first mortgage was done. I forget what year it was. But prior to that, there were no mortgages. And then somebody came up with that idea. You know what? I'm going to do a to- my next topic on that because it's it's a pretty cool story. Good. All right. The next one is called owner-occupied. And this is a term that's used to describe a home that's occupied by a borrower or a member of the immediate family as a primary residence, as to, opposed to a rental property. And the distinction significantly affects the mortgage rates and also how much you're going to put down. And they also left out that there's a second home option. So we talk about with your primary resident, you can put as little as 3% down. But when you're going into a second home, you're going to use a minimum of 10%. And if you're doing an investment property, it can be as little as 15%. But again, the, the rates definitely affect the status. None of them were 20%. I've seen this thing on CNBC and this person came out and talked about the rates and said, yeah, and you put 20% down and it just keeps spreading that myth. Right. All right. The next one is a pity and it's not a pity that you have a payment, but it's called a pity payment and it's principal interest taxes and insurance. And it's the four elements of a monthly mortgage payment. All right. Next one are your points. Are you still on the edge of your seat with this? I know you're yes, still. I'm probably right, curious. So I'm waiting for you to hit another good one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The next one is called points. So the mortgage industry for 1%, typically of the principal loan amount. So to pay an origination fee of two points on, let's say, a $100,000 loan, for example, you'd pay $2,000 to the lender. And that's generally to bring the rate down. Right. Next one is called your quick claim deed. And it's an instrument for transferring ownership of a property typically with no guarantee of an unencumbered clear title. So a lot of times you'll quick claim someone on. Um, we do it a lot when we have a mother that wants to, you know, quick claim deed a child on. They stay on there for six months and then we're able to at least do a refinance or help them with another situation. I got a phone call from a listener last week on on how to do that. And I, I sent him over to Lou. Oh, good. We got to yeah. get Lou on the show. He misses us. All right. The next one is a real estate, uh, a realtor. So a real estate broker or associate with an active membership in the National Association of Realtors and not all brokers are realtors. All right. Last one we're going to hit mark is a reverse mortgage and it's an instrument used by senior homeowners um, age 62 and older to convert the equity in their home into a monthly stream of income. And there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of points to the reverse mortgage, good and bad. So make sure you do your due diligence when checking that out. But a lot of your seniors, a lot of your seniors should do this because they could inc- in, increase their quality of life every month and not be scringing so much if they got to check an extra thousand or two thousand a month. Yeah, but again, you, know? you got to be careful. I mean, we don't have enough time yeah. right now to go through all that, but. There's definitely the ins and outs of the reverse mortgage and don't just listen to Tom Selleck. So, all right. All right. The next yeah, one. I, dar- I guarantee you Tom Selleck's not doing a reverse mortgage. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? If I was going to do a reverse mortgage for Tom Selleck, I would charge him as many points as I was going to charge Bradley Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> Zero. <laughs> all right. So Mark, we're up to our question and answer segment. And the first question is, right. how much earnest money should be requested from a potential buyer with a contract? It's not a bit that big of a deal. And there, there's a myth about this. Used to be, I used to always hear people thinking they had to put 10% down. It, this is earnest money. Technically, by law, the contract itself is enough. You really don't have to put any money down. As long as the seller agrees, the contract is the contract. But people like to see right. some skin in the game. What well, they didn't put down? They're only putting down a thousand. I'd like them to put down more. You got the contract. The contract should hold up in law. There's no general rule, but like I don't know with the home inspections and everything out. There's all kinds of outs. 
And the contract's yeah. supposed to hold up in court. When you write a contract, you always write it as if you're standing in front of your honor. That That's how important the contract is. You technically you don't have to put up any money. It could just be the contract. What's the next one? All right. The next question is, can you start the mortgage process before two years out of bankruptcy, meaning a chapter seven um, bankruptcy? And it depends. I mean, how far out are you? Number one, um, have you restored your credit? Number two, and you want to make sure that all of everything has been done and taken care of. But normally you want to wait until you're out of the bankruptcy because when you're going to update your credit, it's still going to show that it's there. Yeah. So I would wait, but there's no reason not to collect your documents as far as your employment um, and get all those verifications done. But again, it depends on how far along it is. Yeah. And everybody should have a plan. All right. The next question is, should you accept an overpriced listing from an agent? This is from an agent. The question should, and the agent's asking, should he accept an overpriced listing? Now you go in to list a house and say, just say the house is worth 300,000. And the buyer goes, well, I think my house is worth 400,000. And the agent knows it's not going to, to uh, appraise. And in the industry, we call this buying a listing. I, I knew a broker. Right. He would, if it was near a big street, a boulevard, anything like that, he would take the listing no matter what they wanted, just so he could put a, and he put a really big sign on their house just to make the phone ring. But that's what it is. You're, you're buying a listing. That's the way uh, terminology. I think it's a bad idea. I mean, if you're listing a house that's way, way, way overpriced, it's not going to sell. And a lot of agents will take it and then they'll try to start whittling down the seller till they get to a realistic yeah. price. The best thing to do is price it right, make sure it shows right, and move on. Yeah. The problem, the problem right. that you're going to run into as well is that the seller is going to start getting pissed off. I mean, that's just going to be the bottom yeah. line. So, you're not doing them no favor. And then they're just going to move on to the next realtor. And that realtor is going to talk them into hey, it didn't sell before because you were overpriced. So let's go in at this price and do X, Y, and Z. I knew a broker, he would put like an eight by eight sign on somebody's lawn just to make his phone ring at the office. <laughs> All right, let's jump into the next one. Um, the next question is, we bought a house from the seller and he is carrying the note for five years. Now we want to refinance. What should we do? Well, it's the same. Call the Ann Katzaris. Exactly. Give me, a, give me a call. I'll walk you through it. But it's... It's going to be the same process as if we were paying off a mortgage company or we're paying off a private note. Right. Last one. All right. Last question is, is a subletter who didn't sign the lease entitled to the security deposit if they paid half of the lessee, if the lessee paid half as well? We've gotten this question over the years. I don't know how many times. This is why you got to be really careful. You let your friend, boyfriend, girlfriend move in and only one of them's on the lease but they both put money up and now at the end they want their deposit back and who gets it? The person on the lease, you know, it's, it's, sure. this is why you need things like legal shield. You know, you, you don't sign anything without having somebody review it for you. And most people that are renting apartments are just always in a hurry. Want to get the thing signed. Where do I sign? Sign here. Never read the fine print. Cause we're so in love and we're going to uh, yeah. be together forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then, then they have a battle over who gets the money at the end. Right. All right. right. We we're doing a refinance right now where t my son, Tom is the mediator. It is, we got to go through that story. That's going to be classic, but Mark, we're running out of time. All right. Stay tuned because coming up next is our guest segment. And we have Brian Stevens mortgage shots. That's going to give us an update on NARS lawsuit. All right, so with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, all positive, all the time. We'll be right back. Deanne and Mark are halfway through this week's edition of Good News in Real Estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. When the show returns, more real estate news from around the Delaware Valley. There are so many choices when it comes to selecting the right financial institution. Start with the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. We're right here in your city. We're also the official credit union of Temple University, and anyone who lives, works, worships, and studies in Philadelphia can open an account. We're member-owned and offer all the services you're looking for, like mobile banking and free ATM withdrawals. 
visit our website at pfcu.com. We're not here for our profit, here for yours. Federally insured by NCUA. Green Tree Mortgage invites you to connect with the mortgage mom, Deanne Katsaros, the co-host of Good News in Real Estate and a five-star real estate expert in the Delaware Valley. Let the mortgage mom answer your questions, help you with a mortgage, provide answers for you about your current home, while always educating you about home ownership, including home purchase and finance options. Deanne Katsaros, the mortgage mom, NMLS 143589. Click mortgagemom.net. That's mortgagemom.net. Philadelphia Real Estate Classes, the premier real estate school in Philadelphia, has been voted one of the top five real estate schools in Pennsylvania. And it's no wonder. They offer live streaming and live instructor online courses to get your real estate license. Call 267-266-5501 or go to philadelphiarealestateclasses.com. Total cost, only $4.99, including the book. Day, night, and weekend courses are available. Call 267-266-5501 or go to philadelphiarealestateclasses.com. Get your license now. This program is paid for by Good News in Real Estate. All right, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD, all positive all the time. So where are we at, the end? So, Mark, we are up to our guest segment. Super excited to have Brian Stevens here from Mortgage Shots, and he's going to give us an update on what's going on with NARS lawsuit. Welcome, Brian. How are you, Brian? Well, how are you guys doing today? Nice to see you, Mark. Nice we're, to see you, Dan. Very good. Fabulous. So, Brian... Super excited that you're on the show with us. Thank you. Um, I know you have podcasts and I've, I've heard you, yeah. you know, several times. So give us a little idea of your background and how you got into this. And Well, in the late 90s, I started writing loans. And uh, like a lot of loan officers, I was the smartest guy in the room. Uh, I was. <laughs> I was really impressed with myself. I wrote a lot of loans, made a lot of money, bought a lot of houses. And then 2008 hit. And like so many loan officers, I realized I just wasn't as smart as I once thought I was. And that required me to go back to work and really kind of focus on my craft. And I think that's something most loan officers have lost sight of is we have a craft in front of us with different products and different ways that we can service our clients, uh, ways that we couldn't do just a couple short years ago with a, lot, a, a bunch of the non-agency loans out there. But with that aside, what happened in 2008 when everything fell apart for me, as was I live out in Sacramento, California, and I swear this entire housing meltdown the last time around, the epicenter of that quake was on the house I bought on the last day of the good market. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. It's like, woo, this is rough. Uh, but I started making videos as a means of staying in touch with my real estate agent partners in my local market. I started using this thing called YouTube that nobody had ever heard of. Like literally nobody had heard of what YouTube was. And we didn't understand the whole concept of what viral was. Back in, back in the 90s and early 2000s, it, viral was something that required penicillin or a topical cream to fix. But we've since understood it to be something entirely different now. So anyways, my show became very popular around the country, which was awesome. And I've, for the past 20 years, been making videos about the mortgage and real estate industry. And I've got a a dedicated two-decade-long group of viewers online that I'm super, super proud of. That's awesome. Very good. That's awesome. So what brought me, um, you know, I did see one of your podcasts and it was awesome. Thank you. And, you know, you were talking about this lawsuit that's that's going on with the buyer's agents and the listing agents. And and there's so much information out there and you really just kind of narrowed it down a little bit and kicked, you know, I say it all the time, just kicking the agents in the butt, you know, to get them to do something. But give us your take on what's going on. Okay, so post-lawsuit, it's really just a simple. If we were to distill this down to its very simplest components, it goes something like this. Real estate agents, when they're at their highest and best use, are getting in the middle of conversations about real estate, uh, borrowing somebody else's money, selling somebody else's house. That's fundamentally what a real estate agent should do. Um, Now, lawyers, their highest and best use of their time, and the only use of their time, these blood-sucking vampires, is to sue. That's what they do. Lawyers sue. Real estate agents sell real estate. So you probably saw there was a lawsuit that took place in the state of Missouri where real estate agents lost um, uh, to the tune of $1.8 billion, which, by the way, is more money than every one of these brokerages have. If you look at the cap rate of every real estate company in this country, they don't have $1.8 billion. Uh, But the thing is, is that we're just warming up, aren't we? Because this just represents the the state of Missouri. The state of Missouri says you owe us $1.8 billion and we have uh, a jury of our peers that agrees with us. So what happens when we go down to Texas, as they have? What happens when we go out to South Carolina, as they have? What happens when they come out to the beautiful state of California, where insanity rules king out here? 
<laughs> every CEO of every company in the state of California has a beautiful picture of Chairman Mao sitting right above their desk. <laughs> so what happens out here when you look at class action lawsuits where you don't even have to participate in the class action, the class action supposes, supposes that, that you're going to participate in the class action lawsuit with or without your permission. In other words, if you want to get out of a class action lawsuit in the state of California, you have to opt out of it, not opt into it. What happens when the enormous wealth of California decides that they're going to jump in on one of these class action lawsuits? Let's just say the goose is cooked, but the goose has already been cooked. So that's kind of how this whole thing goes. Now, so this spells doom and gloom, really, for the large real estate brokerages out there right now who have all these legacy uh, transactions that go back years and years because every transaction that a real estate company has ever done every single real estate company, they're on the table and it's, that's now a litigious situation. Okay. So I don't know how you walk back 20, 30, 40 years of writing transactions that have now been deemed to be illegal. Right. So. Yeah. And, and this thing is so crazy and it's such bad timing with this economy, with this inflation and everything else to go even tinkering with the real estate market. This is insanity. And, and let's just so do, uh, listeners understand this is about uh, they got sued because sellers didn't think they should have had to pay a commission to the buyer agent. Correct. Yes, that's that is what that right. is what is being bantered Oops. about. However, this right. lawsuit is more about tort attorneys going out and creating class action lawsuits and enriching themselves while doing virtually yep. or veritably nothing for the clients that they deem to represent. Let me give you an idea on this one. So Remax agreed to pay, I believe it was $580 million in the state of Missouri to right the wrongs of all the transactions they ever did. If you were to take every single person named in this class action lawsuit in the state of Missouri and give them all that $500 plus million dollars, Every penny of it, tax-free, where the lawyers don't take their third, which they're going to, just give them every single penny of it. Each each client wronged in the state of Missouri is going to get a check for about 64 bucks. Now, yeah. we know that the lawyers are going to take a third of that, and we know the feds are going to tax a third of that. So when it comes down to it, your average person in the state of Missouri stands to get a check for about $18. That is to right the wrongs of a real estate transaction where they were screwed out of thousands and thousands of dollars. Now, does that seem equitable to you? And the answer is obviously no. What this lawsuit is about is to smear the, the title and the name of a real estate agent out there. Because if we can do this successfully and get rid of real estate agents, it will create a void. And in that vacuum will be filled an alternative to a real estate agent. And that's going to be the fintech companies that are already out there that are already heavily funded. If you look at the market cap rate of Zillow or Open Door, they exceed every real estate brokerage in the country times 10. They've got Wall Street's money right now. They've taken a run at the real estate yep. community a couple of years ago and failed miserably. <clears throat> but those billions of dollars that they want to turn into trillions of dollars don't walk away too quickly now, do they? No, this is similar to what happened back in the day with the banks when the banks wanted to take over the real estate industry. And luckily, Congress back that down. But this is, for the average person, what this means is if you're going to buy a house uh, and you're buying the house, you're expecting the seller to pay your agent because right. that's how generally it went. Now, if this all happens and it changed the whole industry, this buyer now, this agent might say to this buyer, this other company's not going to pay my commission. You're going to have to pay me. The house is 400000 and I charge whatever. 3%, 2.5%. Now this buyer has to come with more money. And then when the buyer sells their house or, you know, this house and buys another house, they're, they're going to get hit, whacked again. It's it's such a mess. Well, okay. So I, the good news is, and I'm painting a situation of doom and gloom. Uh, for real estate agents out there, I want to let you know, it's not going to be as bad as what we think. Now, I, I don't want to get too caught up in this, but it goes something like this. The mortgage industry had something very similar take place in 2010, and it was called GFE 2010, where mortgage brokers had to disclose the amount of money that they were making on a settlement statement. Well, what you mean? You're telling me, Brian, prior to that, mortgage brokers didn't have to disclose what they were making? And the answer is no, they didn't, because there were things that were paid outside the close of escrow. And this was to the tune of thousands upon thousands of dollars. So this all had to be put on a HUD one, a closing statement for everybody to see. And the entire industry thought, oh, my God, this is going to be the end of the real estate or the mortgage business. Right. And do you want to know what it did? It did nothing. And here's the reason why. No. 
because us in real estate and lending, we have these massive egos. But the truth of the matter is, is we are just the things that clients have to do in order to get the keys to their front door. That's what it comes down to. And if you can give that client the best transaction and the best deal that's in, that's in front of you, you're going to have great clients who love you, who appreciate your hard work. And by the way, the deals that you guys have been handing out over the past few years have been historically unbelievable. And right now, when we look at the directions rate are going, by all prognostications sake right now, they're going to be probably somewhere back in the sixes. And if we get down to that point, we've got great rates and great opportunities in real estate. And we've got great real estate agents and lenders to serve our clients right now. And I think these are the points that really needed to need to be accentuated when we're talking about this lawsuit. Lawsuit goes something like this. It's bad for the brokers. It's going to be just fine for the real estate agents. You know what's ironic about it, too? If you ever have a lawyer as an agent, and I've been through this thousands of times with all the companies I ran, and a lawyer shows up settlement, all the work's done, but some attorney shows up because Uncle Harry said, you got a lawyer? And they hire a lawyer, and the lawyers are never on the settlement sheet. They always get paid off the sheet. Isn't always. That Isn't that something? And most of them don't even have a question. I usually throw them a softball so they can earn their two grand for showing up after everything's done. Well, and if you look at the if you look at the alternative to a real estate agent with these fintech companies that are disruptors, they cost more money than real estate agents. No one's talking about no that. Doubt. No one's talking about that. No and doubt they don't about do, they don't do anything. I've been thrown out of closings when there has been an attorney present because they said they were going to go through the docs. And they had no idea what they were talking about. No. Yeah, yeah, they they do something. It's called a disservice to our clients. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, most of them. If you ask any attorney, "Are you a real estate attorney?" They all say yes. Uh, but most of them, when they show up, they have one question. They ask them, "What's that broker service fee?" That's their one big right. question. Uh, Three ninety five. Well, we're not paying that because I'm representing the client. Well, Mr. Lawyer, here's your client's signature. Now, Ryan, it Next. was so great. I could cut Mark <laughs> off because he starts a rant. And he thinks I'm directing an airplane back here, but uh, I'm trying to get him to stop. But but we got. I want Brian to come back. He's got to come back and and go into this more. Yeah, we'll have I, you back absolutely. on the show, Brian. Thank you so much. Um, I really appreciate you jumping on. Thank you so much. You guys have a great day. Thanks, Brian. Thank you. And stay tuned. Coming up next is going to be our topic of the day, and it's the American dream proves resilient despite the housing market challenges. So stay tuned. All right, very good. So with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, all positive all the time. We'll be right back. Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Katsaris and Mark Cumberland is proudly being provided by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. Deanne and Mark will have more in a moment, but first, a message from one of our home team partners, Green Tree Mortgage. How much do you qualify for? Ask Deanne now at MortgageMom.net. Green Tree Mortgage invites you to connect with the mortgage mom, Deanne Katsaros, the co-host of Good News in Real Estate and a five-star real estate expert in the Delaware Valley. Let the mortgage mom answer your questions, help you with a mortgage, provide answers for you about your current home, while always educating you about home ownership, including home purchase and finance options. Deanne Katsaros, the mortgage mom, NMLS 143589. Click mortgagemom.net. That's mortgagemom.net. If you're planning on listing your home for sale. Get your home updated and don't pay anything until the house sells. Really, it's that simple. Curbio, your first stop with your agent before you list the property and your one stop for getting everything from painting and flooring to full home renovations. Go to Curbio.com, sell your home for a higher list price and realize an average 215% return on investment. It's stress-free, it's turnkey, and the process is easy. Go to Curbio.com. Philadelphia Real Estate Classes the premier real estate school in Philadelphia has been voted one of the top five real estate schools in Pennsylvania. And it's no wonder. They offer live streaming and live instructor online courses to get your real estate license. Call 267-266-5501 or go to philadelphiarealestateclasses.com. Total cost, only $4.99, including the book. Day, night, and weekend courses are available. Call 267-266-5501 or go to philadelphiarealestateclasses.com. Get your license now. Hey, welcome back to Good News from Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD All Positive all the damn time. <laughs> so where are we at, Deanne? Whether you want to or not. That's right, man. I'm, it's my story and I'm sticking to it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, That topic with Brian was great. I can't wait to have him come back on. Yeah, because more um, detail for the audience will be good on that. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, but right now, Mark, we are up to our topic of the day, and it's the American dream proves resilient despite the housing market challenges. And it is. You know, there's a silver lining to everything. In light of the higher inflation that the Fed and Biden was targeting to get down to 2%, which are not doing, because you can't raise rates and spend money at the time. You know, it's 6.9% in our area. I was talking to somebody yesterday about this. The highest mortgage rates in 20 years, heightened economic insecurity, high levels of secured and unsecured debt. That's the credit cards out there. The growing concerns about climate change. Like, that is the least. I did a survey the other day. That's not even in my top 10 <laughs> of problems, really. You might expect that the achieving American dream of owning a home may be souring, but that's not the case. According to a new survey, they found that 89.5% of millennials in their prime home buying age between 25 and 44 believe they can achieve the American dream of owning a home, while less than 1% said that owning a home was not important to them. Less than 1%. Wow. Or f- thought it was financially possible. While the answers to the survey vary across the board, the number one reason to own a home was emotional rather than rational. Exactly what we've been talking about. Yeah. It's your home. 63% said they want to own a home just because they like the idea of owning a home. Yeah. When you come back from vacation, you're home. Exactly. <laughs> you're not at the apartment. A further 44% want a home as an investment to build wealth, which is a smart reason. This is sure. getting the real estate. Big life events are also key indicators of wanting to own a home. While the numbers were not extravagant, 23% said getting married would be a reason to buy a home. 20% said a birth of a child necessitated buying a home. So what are the millennials searching for? Primarily, 76% of millennials are searching for a detached single-family home, while 3.6% desire a condominium, 8.6% preferred an apartment, and only 3.7% desired to move into a mansion. Because <laughs> there are the, I only 3.7 of them not enough money to buy a mansion, probably. What else were millennials looking for? They want their commute to be reasonable, which typically means living closer to the center city. This desire was followed by the number of bedrooms the home has, then the square footage of not just the home, but the property is built on. The least thing millennials agreed on that they looked for in a house was curb appeal. Energy efficiency, uh, to an extent, smart home devices also play surprisingly low among the list due to the fact that millennials have grown up with technology against a backdrop of energy-related issues. The survey also revealed that millennials also do not want to put too much sweat sweat equity into their homes. And you've been talking about this. They want to move in and they just move in. They're not considering fixer-uppers as viable. Just 16% are interested in fixer-uppers. It's not as easy as it used to be anymore. That's the problem. Yeah, plus there's not too many of them. 32% want a move-in ready home. 24% want a home that needs only minor cosmetic repairs. And 13% prefer to buy new. And also, 23% said they want a home to be in a rural area compared to 40% who prefer the suburbs and 30% who want to live close to the city. And those ages, 35 to 39, were the most likely to want a home close to the city, 41.2%. A few other interesting differences among ages, gender, and geography People in the West, where home prices are generally higher, believe it's more important to own a home than people in all other regions, 64%. People in the Midwest, where homes are generally less expensive, like Kansas, where you can watch your dog run away for two days, place the least (laughs) emphasis on owning a home, 57.2%. Overall, 88% say home ownership is very attainable, but men, men, us guys, first off the last off the boat, <laughs> are more likely than women to feel this way. 43.8% of men compared to 34.4% of the women. There's not enough time. That surprises me. I thought that would be the opposite. Of those who say they envision themselves owning a home one day, younger people are more confident about this. A little over half of those between 25 and 29 said they'll own a home one, one day compared to 39.9% of those over, I just lost my spot, 
were uh, thirty were most likely to want a home in or close to the city. Forty two percent. So it's interesting. Like there's all these misconceptions about these people, but they all envision owning a home. Well, you have seventy two million millennials that are looking to purchase yeah. a home in, within the next twenty four months. And do me a favor, make sure those seventy two million millennials have my phone number. Yeah. I want to help. I think you're going to have to hire a couple more assistants. I'm on it. No worries. <laughs> She'd hire a team of 72 million people getting called her. But what do they say? Build it and they will come. I'm ready. That's, that's uh, That was a good segment. That was a good segment. Yeah, it was a lot of interesting statistics in there. All right, Mark. So we are up to our business segment with asking Dr. A. And we are going to do our continuation of Uncle Harry comes for the holidays. Yes. How are you doing, Dr. Abelson? I'm doing fantastic. How are you guys? I doing? got a I got a phone call about this last week. A guy wanted me to explain. He didn't understand what was happening with the family members and the DISC. I had to explain a little bit to him. So he's tuning in this week to talk about the C coming <laughs> to dinner great. and how the C deals with everybody. So what we're going to do, we're going to look at C today, which is the the last of the, uh, the four letters uh, in our uh, behavioral style. Uh, and C's are people who uh, like to be very, very specific. Uh, they're very, very quality oriented. They don't like you to get too uh, close to them or touchy. So uh, if if you want to uh, cut off the conversation with with a uh, C, it's really not that difficult. Just get close to them <laughs> or touch them on the shoulder or something like that. You got to be careful where you touch them <laughs> these days. Uh, but, you know, touch them on, on the shoulder or something like that. And uh, they yeah. will shut down and disappear. So um, the uh, now, if, if you're stuck at the table with them, and, and and Uncle Harry is is across the table from you, and you can't escape that way, uh, then you just need to be uh, specific uh, and and to the point with Harry, uh, and then start asking him questions. Uh, and they typically don't like to to share that much uh, about themselves, uh, and they will shut down and bother somebody yeah, else. They don't like. They don't like confrontation either. So if they think it's going in a confrontational way, they're going to shut down. Yeah, they don't like they don't like personal things. They like facts. They like data. They like information, but they don't like to get too personal. So if you start asking them questions about the family and how is this dude, or sharing about your family, uh, they will shut down, and uh, then you can direct them to talk to somebody else next to them. You know, by asking the person next to them. You know to answer a question and hopefully uh, uncle Harry will be more enamored by them uh, than he is by you. And they're very, they're very organized people. <laughs> if they show up at your house, they might even help decorate and set up the table. <laughs> Just give them a task oh. and leave them alone. Yeah. Right. And, and, and that's what works really well with, with the C behavioral style. I mean, they're, they're, Typically, very, very nice and, and, and great people. They just don't like to get very emotional and they don't want, like to get too personal uh, because they'd rather deal with information and facts and data and those types of things and not really get into the emotionality or, or the people aspect of the relationship. Yeah, and they're very particular and, and their big fear is making mistakes. So they're very careful. Sometimes, like in the real estate industry, like if you have, I had a two C buyers one time and Man, it was hard to get them to make a decision because they don't like making decisions. Uh, it took a while to get them to make a decision. But once they make it, all the pressure's off and then they're happy. Right. So what you need to do in that t situation is give them two or three options and then ask them if they would like you to make a recommendation, right? So they're feeling in control of what's going on. Uh, and if they say yes, then make a recommendation. And if it meets their requirements and their needs, uh, they'll say yes. But Frequently, they're going to ask you some more questions. And you got to be careful with them too, like in the real estate market, because if you give them to, like if you showed them, you did a good buyer's needs analysis with them and they exactly told you what they're looking for. They described the house. You find it, the mortgage numbers work, the end did the monthly for them. Everything's there. And, but they're still rubbing their hands together. And you say, do you want, you have to say to them, do you want to buy this house? <laughs> this is the house. And then they go, Yes, and all the pressure's off. But you do need to be assertive with them, just like you were saying, Mark, and, and, and demonstrating <laughs> a moment ago. Uh, you, you can't be wishy-washy, you know, you know, with them because then no. they'll start asking more questions uh, about what's going on, and they will 
deal with the fear and they will be less likely to to share you know what's going on or make a decision typically they'll just start asking more questions the other aspect of it is you just need to get to the point where what do you need to know and these are the questions yep what do you need to know I'll answer these for you, but are you going to be willing to make a decision, ready to make a decision after I give you these answers? That's why I always ask them, what's the most important thing you want to talk about? And then they open up and they'll start talking because these are the people that, you know, are going to show up for dinner and they're going to be sitting there with their arms crossed and waiting to see how this is going to play out and before they get involved. And let's get back to Uncle Harry. I mean, if you don't want to have a conversation with Uncle Harry, don't start one uh, because- don't worry. He won't be starting one with you either. So, right. so that'll be I fine. Think send, I think we send Uncle Harry out for ice. <laughs> well, I love tasks. So yes, that there would be you something you can you can easily do. So if people are cut the lemons and go get ice. If 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 uh, people are interested in learning much more about this, we have a certification program coming up. So just contact us or go to our website, uh Abelson A B E L S O N dot net. Uh, and you can learn more information about it and or just enroll. You, it, It's very cost effective, number one. And number two, uh, you will get so much great information that you'll wish you had done this years before. That's what we hear all the time. Yeah, you learn so much about yourself, your weaknesses, your strengths. It's great. Awesome. All right. Thank you, Dr. Abelson. That was awesome. Thanks, as Dr. Usual. Abelson. And if you have any questions, you can email them to Mark at 8029 at Comcast.net. Or give them a call at 267-266-5501. You can email me at Deanne Katsaris at Comcast.net. Or give me a call at 609-605-7153. And a special thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in every week here on WPHT 1210. And also on Odyssey, which we're getting a lot of downloads. And I'm really happy about that. And the station is. We hope to make you a faithful listener. Tune in every week, every Saturday, 1 o'clock here on Talk Radio. So with that, have a great week. I'm Mark Cumberland. I'm Deanne Katsaris, your mortgage mom. You've been listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. All All positive, positive. all All the time. Thanks for listening to Good News in Real Estate. If you'd like to contact Mark Cumberland or Deanne Katsaris or listen to any of the past shows, go to goodnewsinrealestate.com. This program is paid for by Good News in Real Estate. All opinions or statements expressed on the program are solely those of Good News in Real Estate or their guests and do not reflect the opinions of WPHT or Odyssey. This program has been pre-recorded.